podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 two, two and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. My name is Lewis. We're back after the international break. It feels like forever, man. It feels like forever. You know, we just um, watched a, a very, a very entertaining night of Champions League football. I must say, man, like it was um, just watching that game. I mean, it just highlighted some of the things that, you know, that are just going wrong for us at the moment. And, you know, we're going to touch on everything that's happened in the Palace game today. And, you know, we've got Villa on Friday. There's so much to cover today, but join with me today, we've got um, the two Dans. We've got German Dan and Nigerian Dan. How you, how you doing, gentlemen? Long time no speak. What's happening, yeah, man? All right, man. All right. Dejected, dejected, man. <laughs> Dan, at first yes. I thought you were wearing a Christmas jumper, you know. But it's not. It's an Adidas top, isn't it? Yeah, Adidas. Yeah. Mm. Hey, you guys getting money for this? I can't lie. You both went Adidas. Are you guys getting the bag somehow? And I'm not involved. That's my pie, bro. I'll I'll, I'll message you afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) I'll message you afterwards. Um, Anyway, let's get straight into things. As I mentioned, you know, watching that Man United game this evening, obviously they were 2-0 down and they come back to win 3-2. And it almost seems kind of inevit- inevitable at this point with United. You know, I, I love backing United, like, in play um, when betting because they always seem to be able to come back and they have the firepower on the pitch to do so. And, you know, it's stark contrast to us because when we go a goal down, it, we almost feel like there's no way we're going to come back. You know, I think we've scored uh, just yesterday. Lacazette's uh, equaliser was just the second goal we've scored in the second half. Um, I think it's the first goal we've scored in the last 15 minutes of games. Um, you know, it's it's just a stark contrast that, you know, you can watch a team like Man United and with all their coaching deficiencies and, you know, we all know Oli is not... We, we all want Oli to stay in the job because we all know he isn't, you know, particularly good yeah. and Man United aren't really going to go anywhere with him. But you just feel like when they put the pressure on, they're gonna they're gonna score goals, and yeah, even though we did get an equaliser yesterday, um, it just it just left that game just left so much to be desired, and I think there's so much issues to talk about, and you know maybe we felt like we were turning a bit of a curve, um, but that for me, I don't know about you guys, but pound for pound, I feel like last night was the worst performance of the season, and we've had you know. A couple, do you know what I mean? We've had the, the the City game, the Chelsea game, the Brighton game wasn't great. Mm. Um, but that for me, pound for pound, 
worst performance of the season because number one, other than Xhaka, that's his strongest team out there. Yeah, that's 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 his team. So I don't want to hear any excuses about personnel or anything like that. You can have the Xhaka one, but even then, still not trying to hear it because all those players out that out there on that pitch you wanted, that they're your players. So um and then and then just the fact that we went one nil up, you know, and then just for the next 75 minutes just to be proceeded to be bopped off the football pitch by Crystal Palace, who were then without two of their best players, you know, in Zaha and Eze, two of their best attacking players, for them to come back um, to go 2-1 up is just, man, we've got some issues. But German Dan, I'll come to you. Um, was that... What, how, uh, do you think I'm right in saying that um, pound for pound, this was this was one of the worst performances of the season so far, or think, the worst performance? I was going to say, listen, boy, we've got a couple to choose from. So, I mean, it's a toss up, really, for me. I mean, Palace is up there. I mean, City is up there. Brighton is up there for me. Brentford is up there. First mm, day, Brighton. yeah. Like we've got a couple. Chelsea like, as well, bro. We are not shy of um. Bad games, you know, mm. and we've got more like more, more bad performances yeah. than goals. Oh boy, it's it's kind of crazy, but yeah, mm. I mean that game, I I definitely care, I definitely share your frustrations with that game because we've just come off winning three games on the bounce, um, playing at home, uh, the conditions are near off perfect, you know, playing on a Monday evening at home, stadium is full, um, you go one nil up, um, Palace not really doing much, and you're thinking. This is cash money, in it? Three points, easy. And somehow, it wasn't easy. Somehow, we got as handed to us at home for the majority of the game, really. Like, really got our ass handed to us by the likes of Edward, um, Ayu, um, Gallagher. Like, bro, these are FM regents that we're getting pumped by, you know? I just, it was just, it was, it was baffling for me, to be honest. And it was one of them games where I'm thinking, Listen, people that because we know our opinion, yeah. Our opinion is strong on the uh, We we've been there, we've been there a few months, um, near enough a year, you know. So um we are strong on our opinions, but it wasn't a it was a performance that made me think, surely if you back a tower, you cannot watch this and think this is the right man. This is this how I watch, was watching that game in some in some way for some lens. I was thinking, you can't you can't be satisfied with this. Like I was in my head. I was just thinking, are you gonna what? What excuses are you gonna use? And then I jump on Twitter. Man are telling us, oh, yeah, Xhaka is not here. Oh, that's why we are struggling with the ball progression, and that's why we are, you know, that's why we're struggling in general. That's why it's not clicking right now. We just need. It. It's like, come on, man. Palace are, as you said, without two of their best attackers, um, a very young team. I think they're put out as well, actually. Um, Gay and some other stuff, a guy, then that Mitchell guy left back at the back. There were some young players in that team, a team that has been through some difficult games at the start of the season, and they managed to put up a very good performance against a team that is on paper far superior. So I don't I don't want to hear excuses about one or two players are missing. We should be able to put up good performances with four or five players missing, to be honest. To be very honest, this guy's been here like two years. Like, you know. I mean, where where the excuses have to stop? We went to Brighton the other week. Um, Welbeck and Lamptey and 
Basuma and them man, they were all missing. What did Brighton do to us? They penned us back, pammed the asses for majority of the game. Like, come on, man. Like, one player missing, it's not it's not good enough. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. This is an Arsenal football club. We have a we have a, a, an abundance of players that we could mm. use, you know? Mm. And I mean, yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy, really. Dan, obviously, the omission of Xhaka is something that, you know, I've seen some people talk about and it, it, it is annoying because, number one, I don't feel like Xhaka should be the be-all and end-all of any football team. He shouldn't, no. And number two, you know, like like, a, like German Dan has rightly said, you know, you have to play football matches without some of your more important players sometimes, you know. And so I just wanted to ask you, you know, looking at the team that was was named with you know this whole four three three with like Erdogan basically is uh, in the in the pivot with Partey, do you do you feel like that was the the right team for this game? Do do you believe this formation can work? Do you know what? Um, I I don't think it can work. Um, and the bit that I find the most frustrating is that you know people and pundits. I think. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I was reading something. They were saying, oh, why do you think Arteta is going to be a success at Arsenal? One of the things they put forward was that he's um, he's a fast learner, right? If he makes mistakes, he learns from them quick, right? Um, so one of the, the experiments that this guy tried to do last year was this same sort of 4-3-3 type vibe in the Europa League. Um, at home, couldn't score a goal. One of the worst performances um, of the season. I think it was the first time he tried this 4-3-3. He's tried it again um, this season against Burnley and against Norwich. And I think in both of those games, um, we struggled to really control the matches. But I think those teams, their midfield quality, they didn't really have the energy to, to really take advantage of it. But we looked very poor um, against Burnley um, at nil-nil. Um, we struggled to create, struggled to build play, struggled to get the ball up the pitch. We saw that at Villarreal as well. Um, against Norwich, we only managed to do that um, once we went 1-0 up and they had to come out um, and, you know, and then we started to create some chances. So, you know, the fact that he went back to this uh, formation um, says to me that he's the opposite of a fast learner. This is what we saw um, last year when he was doing all of these random experiments. Um, Willian was playing for far too long, even though he was a bozo from... Uh, basically minute one by that game against Fulham. He didn't have another good performance for us for, you know, coming on six months. Um, but he was always in a team. He was always first substitute. Um, and so I think it, this formation doesn't work. This Odegaard dropping into to the to the centre mids um, doesn't suit him. Partey playing as a lone six doesn't suit him. Smith Rowe just sort of in no man's land gliding about between the flanks doesn't suit him. Doesn't suit our forwards. Pepe playing on the right, Saka playing on the left. Aubameyang basically playing in complete isolation up there on uh, up there in front by his own. No runners in behind him. Doesn't allow us to get balls into him behind. Um, and then you look at our defence. Tierney is in poor form. He's not performed well with this 4-3-3. He gets high way too early um, and he doesn't really affect the game. So I look at this formation and I'm saying it makes every single one of our players worse. Every single one of them. Um, and I don't know how you can watch this as the manager, your analyst, the coaches, and keep deploying this every week. You know, um, Odegaard, I think he has the potential to be a very good player. Um, I think right now he probably should already be a very good player. But we're asking him to come and play centre mid. Why are we doing that? 
why this guy who is probably statistically right up there with chance creators, we're asking him to drop deep and link play when that's not what we signed him for. If you ask people in summer, what we signed an Odegaard to do is to create chances, help us break down deep blocks. It's not to come hold Partey's hand, try and press the middle of the pitch. I don't understand why this manager tries to fit all of these square pegs in round holes to try and fit some system that he has in his head rather than just play to the strengths of the players that we have um, available to us. Um, and it's, it's really baffling. Yeah, it, it it is because, you know, just watching that 4-3-3 evolve in parts of the games, it was so obvious that, you know, and we, we you, you spoke about being a quick learner. I mean, it was... I know, Dan, you were at the game, so maybe you saw different things than I did. But, you know, just watching it on TV, it was pretty evident that as soon as we scored the goal, and we will get onto the goal in a minute, um, as soon as we scored the goal, we just looked like we were being overrun in the midfield, you know? And I don't. I saw a comment earlier about um, park, parking the bus after going 1-0 up. I don't think we parked. <laughs> I don't think we parked the bus. I just don't think we got a semblance of control of the game. I felt like we scored the goal and Palace just realised how easy it is to pass through us. And, you know, I think we're going to talk about the performances of certain individuals, Partey, Erdegaard, you know, these guys, but maybe Ben White and Gabriel uh, Ramsdale. I'm sure you guys will want to get onto as well. Pepe. But I just feel like that midfield didn't, really stand a chance you had Partey basically on an island in his own on his own and it was so easy just to pass through us I couldn't believe it at some point and you know we're talking about a manager who should be quick you, you said people say he's he's a quick learner surely you see that after you know 20 minutes of sustained pressure from Palace we were hanging on at the end of the at the end of the first half and and in fairness to him well, actually, no, I'm not going to say in fairness to him because I feel like the substitution may not have happened if Saka wasn't injured. So he made the sub at half time to bring on Lokonga, which changed nothing. And I'm sure we're going to get onto Lokonga as well. But it it just it doesn't speak of a manager who's <laughs> learning quickly on the job. You know, he's he I don't think he is learning he's um, not. anything. He's not reacting to game situations. That game, when you go one new up in that game. That should be an easy 3-4-0 win. Easy. But we were just so easy to play through, man. And um, Dan, before we before we do get onto all the bad stuff, let's talk about the goal. Because I did think we started quite well. Um, and, and you can maybe talk a little bit about your thoughts on this 4-3-3 as well, because I know we didn't get onto you. But, you know, mm. I did actually think we started well. And there's, there's a, a bit of a theme here. I do feel like we do start games quite well um and we don't always um you know get get that early goal which is supposed to make life easier for us in this game it didn't obviously but um yeah what what did you think of our start and, and what did you think of the the team that um Arteta did put out yeah um okay before I answer your question just quickly on the um Arteta being a guy that learns quickly definitely not the case in my opinion he's very dogmatic he has a way or um He's got a way that he thinks works and he's going to try until the wheels come off, essentially, which is what happened last season. He tried and tried and tried the same shit all over for like three months. And then 
he I don't know what happened. He must have he must he must have he must have dropped out his bed, fell on his head, and all of a sudden he thought, okay, let me let me use ESR. Um and let, let's play some players centrally. Um, so I don't think he's he's a guy that learns very fast. I think he's a guy very, very stuck in his ways, very stuck in his ideals and ideas. And his ideas and ideals are a complete copy and paste of what Man City are doing with players with less quality and technical and also physical capability of what they're doing. Um, I think if I look back and on, and I do want to answer your question a bit, Lou. Um, but if I look back on like the way Man City used to uh, line up with Fernandinho midfield, Bernardo Silva and um, De Bruyne, he's trying to make Partey play in a Fernandinho role. Um, Udegaard is a hard worker, technical player like Bernardo, but he, I don't think they have the same physical capacity. Um, so of course already there's um, a discrepancy and 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 the matchmaking. And then he's trying to use ESR like De Bruyne, but ESR plays football completely different to De Bruyne, can, creates chances completely different to De Bruyne. He actually doesn't force the issue. He tries to be very measured and is a one-two guy, a guy that thrives off combinations around them. So he's trying to make these players play like they did at City. Then Saka on the left. Why is he doing that? Because Sane on the left worked really well at Man City. And they're still overlapped and um, and they had um, the fullback coming inside um, at City as well. So he's trying to use that as well. And then on the right side, he's using Tommy Esso as the inverted right back, like Carl Walker at City for like the majority of his time there, really. Um, and when he runs in, it's usually like the, the inverted sort of run. It's not the overlap. So he's like the underlap. So he's literally like trying to copy and paste what they're doing at City. And it's just like, come on, bro. Like... <laughs> like is, is this is really what you're doing. Like this is mm. this is big big like this is big big Arsenal, and you're just trying to copy and paste what another no, man's doing. I, I, and, I don't and, I don't I don't. Sorry, go on, Dan. I was just going to say I, I I think that's definitely right um, in terms of what we try to do going forward. But I think the big major difference, um, and I think everyone's seen this on Twitter, um, but and it goes back to what you were saying, Lewis, about you know um, people saying that we park the bus and we sit back. Is that um, the big difference at Man City, and that's always been the case for, with all of Pep's teams, um, is that they press and they counter-press very, very effectively. Um, so when the other team has the ball, uh, you even see it when City play us, you know, their, defender, their defenders are very, very high up the pitch. They mm. do not let you play short out from the keeper. Um, and they try and win the ball back as quickly as possible. That's that's actually how we got joy um, in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, against them is playing through their press and we were able to come out uh, the other side. Um, I think statistically, Arsenal are 18th for um, pressures per defensive action or something like that. I saw today. In all phrases. What, do, what does the, that mean? What does, it, so, what does that mean? So, so basically it means like how many times you actually try and press the ball versus how many times, like, and, and the rate at which you win it back, right? So if you've got a very small number, it means that you're pressing like maybe like 10 times um, and you win the ball back like immediately, right? So I think Liverpool are the best. They've got like five pressures per defensive action or something. And Arsenal are 18th with like 30, 31 pressures Jesus. per defensive action. So like they're literally winning the ball back like six times faster than we are, mm. right? Or six times... Six, like, six times more efficiently. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean, right? So, so you look at this and... This is the thing that I actually don't understand is because our attackers suit fast transitional play. You look at Saka, Smithrow, Erdegaard with his, his passing ability, Aubameyang, Pepe, 
Martinelli, they all suit breaks. And they and we saw it against Spurs. We got all of our joy. The only time we thought we've had a good half of football, we scored three goals on the counter, right? Uh, or from a quick build up from the back. So I do not understand why we do not try and create more transitions by engaging um, higher up the pitch, get teams turned around, and get us running at their defenders. Because, and I think a big a big issue that was not addressed in the summer is signing an actual ball winner that can play in the middle of the park and can give us that energy. Because I think, and I said this after the Man City match, if you look at, this is basically our first team, right? And if you look at everyone throughout that team, who is actually going to go there, engage, and can you say is a reliable ball winner? I think Partey does it a little bit, but I don't I don't actually think that's his strength. I think off the ball, he's just, he's got the frame and he's got the willingness to do it. But I don't think that's his, that's his game to, as, a, as a ball winner. He can do it. But then other than him, who really is there? Gabriel engages. Yeah, he likes to be aggressive, but he's the last line of defence. You know, Ben White, same thing. Tomiyasu, same thing. So uh, in front of them, who's actually going to win you the ball back? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not going to be Pepe, <clears throat> Pepe or, you know, I know Aubameyang's been putting in a shift, but yeah, Erdegaard, not, not a ball winner for me. ESR is okay. Saka. Yeah. Um, Dan, yeah, your question was. Um, yeah, we, let me come back to you. you I want to talk you, about the we start. start and, well, it was something yeah. about something. Well. And I felt like we start. Uh, honestly, I felt like we started poorly the first five minutes, mm. and then I felt like okay, we're getting a bit better now. And then we scored the goal, and then you know that's how it kind of went for me. I didn't. I wasn't particularly impressed with our start. Mm. Um, I felt. I felt like Jenny that kind of applies. We try, but the thing is that when we start well, it's like. I say start well, I don't actually think we, we are playing really well. I feel like mm. we're just probing. We are trying. We are we are more intense than usual. Um, and that's what we did against Norwich. Um, that's what we did against Spurs as well. Um, we do try in the first 20 minutes, you could say. Uh, but it's probing and it's not penetration. Like, you, we're, we're, not, we're not pamming anyone. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, it's not effective enough for me. Even though we are trying. Um, I, I think I want to bring it back to... The conditioning we've we've seen we've seen that being a criticism of Atta, and I think people don't talk about it enough. And Dan has brought up this depressing stats. I don't think this team is conditioned enough to play 90 minutes to chase the game to physically engage. It feels like that it's very low intensity, and um, we ultimately can't compete physically. And we don't have the technical superiority to really just you know control games and and, and even play slowly and make teams like or take them apart. We don't have either, so we're like in limbo essentially. And this is this is how our games go. You know, we might score, we might not. Um, we 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 might concede, we might not. There's no mm. certainty to our game, and mm. that's because we're not leaning into the strengths of the team, and we we don't have a con like a very effective way of playing consistently. We actually don't, and that's that's on the manager because players are there. You can mold those players into effective way of playing. People do it in three months. Ate has been here fucking 20, 22, something crazy, like you know. So, I mean, that's all I have to say on that, really. Yeah. Well, we did score. We did we <laughs> we did yeah. take the lead, and it was like a fairly well worked goal, I thought. Um, we you know, we speak a lot about how to get the best out of Pepe, right? We've spent all this money on the play. I'm not going to mention the fee anymore. We've just done it to death, right? We all know what this player is. Well, most of us know what this player is and what he isn't. 
we we got him closer to the goal, which is where we want him, right? That's, that's where we want him. We want him taking shots on the edge of the box and in the box. We don't want him out on the touchline trying to beat players because he just can't do it. You know, every time he got the ball against Palace on Monday with someone to beat, he lost it every single time. I, I don't think he had... I mean, I might be wrong here, but I, I don't know how they work out these take-on dual stats, but I didn't see him beat a single player <laughs> on Monday. And that is shocking for your wide forward. Absolutely yeah. shocking. But What's his name? Phil Mitchell? Phil Mitchell? Phil Mitchell, yeah. Phil Mitchell, Phil Mitchell. yeah. He had, had the easiest, smash, bro. That's, that's, easiest <laughs> game of his with, life, with a, bottle, with a bottle of LO in his hand, bro. Just easiest game, <laughs> easiest game of his life. Easiest game of his life, man. Crazy. Yeah, no, 100%. But, you know, like, we, we did get close to... Hold on, hold on. Bro, that's not... He's not called Phil Mitchell, is he? Yeah, his, name? Name, Phil, man. His, his, his name's Phil. But, um... Tyreek. Tyreek Mitchell. See? That's more like it. Same thing, man. Same player. Same player. Phil Mitchell had him on Smash, man. Yeah. But, like, we one of the only times we did get Pepe in... The positions we want him to he's got off a nice little shot it's good save and Aubameyang has follow up, followed up on the rebound you know quite a well-worked goal got a bit of luck with you know the the, the save into Aubameyang's path but you know what I, I'm I, I'm happy with that kind of goal because it's the kind of goal that um you can score when you're putting teams under pressure and you're getting bodies in the box and stuff like that um yeah, just how did you how did you think? What did you think of the of the goal and and the build up to to the goal? And did it give you any encouragement for the for the game going forward? Oh, yeah. I can't lie to you. It was just Pepe doing Pepe things. He was absolutely crap up until that mm -hmm. moment. Like we were in a group chat pulling our hair out really loud. This Pepe guy fucking hell again. And then shift shoot. Aubameyang's the quickest to react, anticipate. Mm -hmm. Scores, and then what did what did he do after that? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> so I, I do think. But the thing is, yeah, we do have sometimes nice patterns mm. in getting through the first and second phase. But then when we in the third and the and the final stage or the final third, we're going back to the second and and the first phase. So we do have that that we can transition that decently in, with good passing moves every now and then, but. Uh, uh, a lot of times it doesn't lead to much, um, especially yeah. when the ball goes to Pepe. Um, yeah, usually that. Uh, I mean, I feel like Pepe needs the ball so so many times because essentially he has to attempt things like Jesus. ten times in order. Like one, he has to attempt things so many times till it comes off. You know, he, he's not a player that gets through. Listen to this: six dribble, six dribble attempts, one completed. Go. There you go. He needs so, so many attempts. How are you one in six? You know what? He needs so you know many what? attempts. I think it's it's very interesting um, watching the difference between Pepe under Emery and Pepe under Arteta. I don't think he was good under Emery by any means, but I think I saw the the stats when he first joined. He was right up there in terms of dribbles and take ons and and whatnot. Um, it wasn't good, though. It wasn't good. It wasn't that's what good, I'm saying. But... I don't know how those stats are worked out because yeah. he's never been a good one-on-one -on -one player. Yeah, and even was... though his stats were high, you're right, I never understood how they were that high. Because yeah. like, at some point, I swear they were like up there with like ASM and that. Yeah, yeah. He was above that. High 60s, yeah, high 60s, high 70s um, take-ons, right? And if you remember how we used to play um, under Emery, it was very, you know, sort of end-to-end. You you go you attack we attack 
you know, that that sort of that sort of football. And what I find with Pepe is when he's running at a player, so even when you think back to that, you know, that Liverpool ma- uh, match, when uh, it's, he's one-on-one versus Robertson, but he's got all the space in behind, he can, take, he can take someone, he can do a quick shift and shoot like he does when he's in our box, when he's running with the ball and carrying with the ball, um, which I think is the type of dribbler that he is. He's more of a ball carrier um, dribbler and can can tap it past, take it past someone. But when it's a it's a stand stand up defender and try and beat you from a standing start, he's not that man. You know, he's not uh, like a Mares. You know, where and that's the that's the role that we're giving him because um, I think Paul Paul's mentioned this comment here. Um, talk about the incidents where both Pepe and Martinelli struggling against two players. Um, if that's Man City, Mares can handle a situation like that. Mm. You know, he's got that ISO ball. He can go left or right. He can take. He can X out the defender. Go right. Put a nice crossing on his right foot, or he can go left. Play a ball to the middle of the park or shoot. Pepe can't do that, and we're asking him to do that. Um, so when when you get into these situations, like you know, Pepe gets the ball wide right. What can he really do? He can't. He can't beat his man. He has to come back on his left foot. And he has to pass it back to Tomiyasu or pass it infield to Partey, Lokonga, whoever wants it. So, you know, um, I just feel like the way we're actually utilising this guy, because I think his dribble completion is, is is down from like 67, 70% when he first came to like 41% now. You know, like if... I if you're, even that eye. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if it's 41%, like what, like what are you doing? Like asking mm. him to play this way. That's not his game. I mean, right? I, I, I just don't... I don't understand the whole moving Saka. I, Saka for me hasn't had a single good game at left wing this season. I can't remember the last time he was good at left oh, wing. If I'm being honest, it might it might be a while ago. Maybe one of the listeners can last last pick time out I can game. remember. Last time I can remember him being good on the left was I think it was Bournemouth in the FA Cup and he scored. Fucking hell, that was a long time ago. That was one of Arteta's first game, though. He was playing left back. He was playing left back that game. He was playing left back that game. But I just don't understand it. He's so redundant out there. Man City away, he was decent then. Ah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he was just up and down that left side. But I just don't understand why... why we're do- we're just making Saka void like it's just void in the game. At, le- at least, at least with Pepe, if you if you put him out on the left, we can have him as that kind of, you know, not not like a second striker, but someone who could just get on the end of moves, you know. And playing him on the right, we're getting involved in the game too much. Where you where you want Saka to be the one to do that, you know, and. I just don't understand it. Every time I look at this team, I'm just like, the, the balance is off, man. The balance is off. Pepe shouldn't be on the right wing. He he probably shouldn't even be playing, in fairness. Play. You know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be playing. Um, and we're just wasting Saka out on the left. He's he's already had a pretty poor start to the season, Saka. And I don't think we're helping him. He's just got such a redundant role out there. Him and Tierney just occupying the same places. You, Dan, you mentioned that you know Tierney is getting too high, too. But I just feel like even against Palace, there was just no space to run into. You know, Palace were very organised. They had Saka, like Saka was preoccupied on the left. You know, they had him under control. There was just nothing for Tierney to get onto. You know, it's it was it was really poor, man. And I thought we, we were just way too easy to defend against and. In the in the first half, did we? I don't think we had too many chances. We had the chance. 
How many have did we have any chances in the first half? I can't lie, I don't remember any chances, man. I don't remember any. No. Um the Smith Row shot, everyone talks about. Was that first half though? I think that was second yeah, that, half. No, that was first half. That was first half. This, was is, it? this is what we this is what we talked about in the Brighton game as well, though, when people were yeah, right. clipping it up the chances half. about oh Pepe should have played over me in there. It's like you guys are clipping up things that happen in, in Arsenal games two, three times, if we're lucky. But uh, exactly, and you look at you look at Man you look at Man United tonight. Yeah, exactly. Or Liverpool yesterday, like think a how many million, situations, a million have. chances. Exactly. Yeah. If you can, if you can, if you could literally remember all the chances you have off the top of off the top of the head, and you can put them in like a, into a compilation of like a minute, you're just, you're not creating enough. Mm. Simple as you know what I mean. If we if we're looking at you know, if we're bemoaning the fact, and I, and I do think, uh, yeah, that chance was the first half, the ESR chance. ESR should have played in Pepe, 100%, and he needs That's to be all. better at that. But, you know, good teams make those chances over and over and over again. And we didn't do that against Palace. We didn't do mm. that against Palace. Um, do you know and... what, on that, on that point as well, because um, I know, like, the TL is, is very critical, I think, of our players. Like, not just ESR, even if it's Pepe or a Bamiyang or anything like that. I think they're very critical and they, they, they bemoan like the wrong decision uh, too much. But I think it's like, it's, it's very difficult as a footballer when you get two opportunities, like not even a chance, you get two opportunities in a whole 90 to either play someone through or shoot, right? If you don't score from it, people are like, oh yeah, the wrong decision, this, that and the other. But if... Because my thing is that if Smith Rowe gets that opportunity playing for Liverpool, he will get that chance to slide someone through four or five times a game. Yeah. One of them he'll shoot, three of them will pass to Pepe, one of them will try to pass to Saka or something like that. Do you get what I mean? And then no one will be talking about his decision making. Because mm. the first time he did the first time he did it, he, he decided to shoot. If you're a good team, the second time he does it, or the third time or the fourth time, he will make the make the right pass and you you will end up with a goal, right? But because it's only happening once, people are like, oh, his decision making so bad, he needs yep. to improve, he needs to improve mm -hmm. it. But it's, we actually don't know what his decision making is like. He doesn't get enough opportunities. It's true. This, this is very true. And this, this, just to follow up on this, this is very true because things that our players do are amplified and accentuated because of the limited amount of situation they're in, involved in. So when Aubameyang, this is what we're saying about Aubameyang missing chances as well. It's like, oh, he needs to fucking finish it. Bro, I'm watching Salah and Mane miss bad chances. Hmm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I, I do agree with you. However, just to play devil's advocate, you know, like, if you are in a team that is creating sparse amounts, um, doesn't that mean that your decision-making does need to be better? And, and I would argue, in that situation Emil Smith-Rowe was in, Five times out of five times, he should be passing to Pepe. I hear that. I hear that. And it's I'm the not, wrong I'm not decision. Gonna... Yeah, it's, it's the, the wrong, wrong decision. 100% it's the wrong decision. 100% it's the wrong decision. But I think good players make wrong decisions all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, really, they really do. Look at Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, look, it was... It, it, the fact that we're even talking about it just goes to show how little we do create. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when you look at the stats, I did say it's going to be, I think even before we even equalised, I think it's, I said, this game, you're going to look at it by like the XG metrics, big chance metrics, every metric you can find. If you didn't watch the game, you would look at it and you'd be like, fucking hell, Arsenal deserve to win that game. 
You know, I think XG we had something like almost two. Palace yeah. had like 0.8 or something. It was like quite low. Um, Palace had no big chances. Um, I think we had two. You know, I think we um, dominated possession slightly. Um, I don't know how, mind you. I think we had like double the amount of shots Palace did. You know, it just from a statistical point of view, you look at it and think, well, Arsenal, Arsenal did their thing. They probably should have won now. Unlucky, unlucky to lose. But that just wasn't the game. That wasn't the game at all. And I felt like, you know, when Palace did eventually score, they were well worth the goal. You know, yeah, they weren't fashioning great chances, but they were like those half chances where if they make a better decision or better execution, they're going to score. You know, like they were getting into a lot of those situations. And um, when uh, we'll move on to the equaliser now, obviously, um, I think it was, well, obviously Partey got caught on the ball, you know, and I think people will kind of, you know, people are going to get onto Partey, rightly so, didn't have a good game. Um, where do you stand on this? Because <clears throat> if that was Xhaka, right, we would we we would be going on about it for the rest of time. Okay, do we do we come down hard on Partey for this, or is it because we know what Partey's capable of, and nine times out of ten he gets himself out of that situation, and you know it's it's beneficial for us that he gets himself out of those situations because it progresses us up the pitch. You need players on the pitch who take risks. Do you think, um, you know? How much how much criticism do we do we let do we land on Partey's shoulders for you know for what happened for the for Palace's equaliser? Um, definitely some, of course. He was he's the one that gave the ball away. But in the grand scheme of things, and I, I'm not one to to pretend that I rate all the players or or analyze all the players the same because I feel they all have a different base level and then all different ability levels. So when Partey, Partey makes a mistake, I'm disappointed. But I know that doesn't happen often, you know. So it's like the guy more often than not does good things for us on the ball. So I'm like, yep, they got him. They got him today. But you know, next week he he he'll go again. Whereas with Jacques, I don't have that sentiment. With him, I feel like, oh, they got him. Then next week happens and they get him again. Mm. Like it's a different. They get him again. They get him again. They get him again. It's a different, yeah. you know. So it's a completely different thing for me. And, and granted, he didn't have a good game. Um, and I'm not trying to make an excuse because that that in. The incident was a game situation that he's been in a lot of times. Even if Lukonga is not there to support, that's a game situation he's been in a lot of times. And players also train um, to, you know, try beat those type of presses. Like, that's a that's a classic pressing trap that he was caught in. And sometimes you give the opponents credit for that. Sometimes you say, listen, you're a top player, you need to do better. And in that instance, I think he needs to do better. But I do think that, um, when you when you're in a game when you feel like listen I have to take this game I have to take this game you start doing more things than you should like he was in that midfield thinking yeah I, I'm the one that has to shoot pass move it get the ball forwards so if there's no one else to like do that or some of it at least you end up doing more than you should and I think that I think mentally I think Partey was trying to do too much which then ended up him being like way below his normal level mm. yeah. Uh, any 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 blame attributed to Gabriel for the goal? Could he have done a little bit better up against Benteke? Was for was sure, maybe, for sure, for yeah. sure. He was, was too flat-footed, yeah, and too square. Yeah, it's very easy to get past. I felt like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, feel, I, I feel like you need to do way more to show Benteke um, onto his left foot. Um, he was he was very square on, 
So like once you're square on, you know, like we see it on Sunday League, Lewis, you're always telling me about body position, yeah? So, <laughs> you know, if... Um, all all if, Dan hears on a Saturday is, Dan, uh, change your body shape, Dan. Left shoulder, yeah. right shoulder. That's all Dan hears. All of, yeah, all of that all of that stuff. So, you know, if you're square on with the attacker, they can go either side of you. you they basically just have you on a plate, innit? So um, mm. it's poor defending from him. And on party, it's really poor play. Um, I have to keep the same energy because... You're right. If that was Jack, I, I would I would be lambasting him. Um, and I'd be lambasting him heavy. So, you know, um, Partey, he needs to do way better, man. Um, he's been out injured for a lot, uh, uh, and and we need him to really step up. He's one of the senior players. He's surrounded by a lot of right. kids. You can't be you can't be doing this bullshit. You can't be putting in two out of ten performances um, every week, man. We need him to step up, and he needs to do way better, man. Because honestly, this this guy, I've supported him a lot. Yeah, I, I can't accept any more of this crap. I need him to step up. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting because I, bit, I should have mentioned that, you know, prior to the to the goal at halftime, we did make the substitution, which we mentioned earlier. Um, Lukonga came on for Saka. Obviously, Saka's injured. Um, just briefly, MacArthur should have got a red card, right? In my opinion, definitely. Bad Mental. challenge. Bad Absolutely. challenge. Absolutely. How has that not gone? And, like, and the thing he knows he's there. Like, come on, man. Like, if mm. if that was one of our players, we know one hundred percent they're getting sent off. We know that for a fact. I'm sorry, like I just don't understand why these teams are always getting the benefit of the doubt. When and he got booked for it as well, right? Yeah, yellow yellow card. So I don't I don't understand how VAR looks at that and says, "Boom, not a red." It's mm. a but you know it is it is what it is. It's, it's like the criteria for the red card are like they can give a red card literally for just dangerous play. That is dangerous play. Dangerous play, yeah. Literally the definition of dangerous play. And oh, and and God. to be fair to uh, to like as well. Luckily, that could have been a lot worse than it was. I know Saka did actually go off injured, but he's injured. He's probably. Well, it's, I don't think it's going to be a serious injury or anything like that. I probably just got a bruise on him. But yeah. you know that that's leg break kind of territory right like we're, that's what we're kind of talking about there yeah. you know he's actually kicked the shit out of him um yeah. but yeah obviously Saka did have to go off which you know um one of for me one of Saka or or Pepe or Odegaard had to go off because they were equally all as bad as each other um we brought Lekonga on. And what I was going to say, just to, to just to go back to the Palace equaliser, was that I, I would have almost expected that goal to happen when we were playing, you know, parties like the single pivot kind of thing. But when Lekonga is on the pitch, I don't really expect that situation to happen. You know, you've got your midfield partner there. Um, and But it still felt like Partey was on an island by himself. You know, and... As much as, you know, listen, I don't want to go down this Xhaka road. We all know, listen, no, none of us here are Xhaka fans, right? But I do think Partey needs a partner. And, yeah, of course he does, yeah. You know, I don't, I'm, uh, listen, I don't want to beat down on a, on a young kid who's just come to England and, you know, he's trying to make his way in the game, clearly got some talent. He's, for me, he's not there. He's not ready, man. I don't know if he ever will be. For me, he should not be playing games for us in the Premier League. He shouldn't be our third choice centre midfield centre midfielder. He's just not. He hasn't. I just don't understand. What are, what are his qualities? What's his standout qualities? You know, for you to be starting in the Premier League for Arsenal or, or coming on 
as our, our, being our third choice centre midfield option. I just, I don't know, man. I think we left Partey alone out there, even when he was playing with someone. And mm. centre midfield for me is a real worry, real worry. Because at least with Xhaka and Partey, for all Xhaka's deficiencies, you can say, cool, at least Xhaka is going to do X, Y, Z. Right, but, yeah. you know what Xhaka is going to do, and and to be fair to Xhaka and Party, their record together is pretty good. You know, they um we, we our best our best run of results have come when Xhaka and Party have played together. Not like not in like it was anything special or anything, but you know, statistically we are we're a lot better. Um, we need to do something about centre midfield, man, because it's just not good enough. When Party fucks off to Afcon in the, in January, <laughs> we're going to be screwed. Jesus, but, yeah. Um, and the thing is, yeah, like, let's not even make this about Lokonga, to be honest, because end of the day, you're signing a guy from Belgian League, um, age 21. It's very difficult for him to immediately come and get to grips with the, the pace of the Premier League. Um, I, I, I do like the player as well. I think he does have qualities. I think, you know, um, physically, he might need to, to beef up a little bit. But to, to me, he looks like a good passer. Um, I think he needs to show a bit more personality on the ball, but it's difficult when you are getting pammed to 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 try and do that when you're not able to assert yourself physically. I think that makes it harder to assert yourself um, technically because to me he does look quite polished technically, um, but I think he's definitely very struggling with the the physicality of this league and the, and the intensity. Um, but you know this is this is what we said. You know Dan was very vocal uh, in the summer saying. Yeah. You know, why is this um, guy our only uh, centre mid signing? Um, you know, we all thought at the time of signing him, um, Jack was going to go, we were going to get another centre mid in um, as well. But even now, in hindsight, signing just, you know, another centre mid if Jack had left, Lokonga would have still been the third CM, you know. And, and I feel like our priorities this summer, as we said many a time, they were very strange to me. They were very, very strange. Um, if you look at where the most value could have been added in a team, um, I think most would agree, probably isn't centre-back. Um, I think most would agree, probably isn't, um, you know, goalkeeper. But, you know, those signings, I don't think they've done badly at all. I'm not going to bash them. But for me, if you had £50 million to spend, centre-midfield would be a lot better if you bought a third top CM, even if um, even if Xhaka was staying. You know, and I feel like this is more just an indictment on the prioritization of the club um, and their transfer business rather than an indictment on the Conga. Because really and truly, if anyone out there thought that he was going to be able to step in and be an adequate replacement for Partey, that's what we were hearing. You know, um, reducing the floor if Partey gets injured, he can step step in and do a job. I think that's insanity to me. You know, raising the floor means buying someone who can rotate with them. Um, and can play. If you look at Chelsea, they play two in centre mid at times. They play three in centre mid at times. Um, they have three very, very good centre mids. They went out and bought Saul, a fourth. And then they can't got, even get in the team. Can't get in the team. They got man like Billy Gilmore. They got Ruben Loftus Cheek. They got Ross Barkley in there. Uh, Mason Mount, who can play centre mid. You know, they're not dipping into some 20 year old to be in the engine room of your midfield. That's not right. That's not correct prioritization and if you're going to play two in midfield or even three in midfield um how can you have just two cms that you think are your starters mm. just two and everyone else literally is a backup 
who you know the quality is not there. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, to touch on that, I'll bring it back to, to I think it was like mid transfer window. We made a couple of signings. I, I said, I tweeted Ben Wides, Lukonga. I don't know who else we signed. We signed someone else. Seemed like cool signings. Yeah, so seemed like cool signings. Nice profiles, you know. Got someone from Belgium, got someone from Portugal, got someone from England. Nice, nice variation. Those signings don't move the needle. Those signings don't don't really do much for me right now. Um, and a, a lot of Arsenal fans are basically saying, "Are oh, we being negative?" Um, they're just raising they're raising the floor of the team because we we struggled so much when certain players were out. These players that you're talking about, Tavares. This guy's not touching the 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 the, 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 the starting lineup. He's not competing with Tierney at all. If you want to raise the floor, you should sign someone that Tierney's now going through a, a pretty poor spell. Actually, you sign someone that listen, Tierney, hold bench, mm. and you play that guy. You can't play Tavares because Tierney's low level is probably still better than Tavares. So that's not raising the floor. Then Lukonga, again, I'm on record saying, listen, I like the profile. Um, I'm not in the bashing of um, young players at, at all, but we're signing someone that we're not sure about his level at all. We're not sure about his level, but he's designated the third centre centre midfielder um, um, that Arsenal have. Um, I thought maybe they start playing an any over him a little bit um, because of seniority, but they're not. He's he's evidently the third CM. So you're allocating 17 to 20 million on someone that. You don't know the level. You don't know how intense they are. You don't know how they're coping being even in the top five league. Um, there's not much of a um, sample size of him playing games consistently at a higher level um, that we can go off. That's 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 poor. That's poor. That's poor. Um, as Dan said, prioritization. You sign someone that can compete with Xhaka and Partey for that spot because when one of them goes, we know Partey definitely going to go. He's going to go to Afcon. When one of them gets injured, Partey has injured had has been having injury problems. So you kind of have to plan for like, listen, Partey could be out injured again. And he was injured again at the start of the season. You sign someone that can just step in and is there and can do a job. We haven't signed those type of players. Um, ben White, okay, he's played every game. That's fine. Um, he, they're using him. I don't think he played well in the Brentford game. But since then, he's kind of stabilised and his performance has been okay. One thing that he's supposed to be giving us in, in, a, in a great effect is his ball playing. I haven't seen much of that. I haven't seen much of that. Tamiyasu, I, I, I was a big fan. I, I'm still a big fan. He struggled a bit against Brighton. He struggled a bit um, in the in the Palace game as well. You know, these things happen. But do we have the adequate quality that when these players are struggling a bit longer to have someone else coming in and do a good job? No, because we have sent Torreira away. We have sent Guendouzi away. We have sent Saliba away. All players that could have played a role this year. Let's be honest. We don't. We didn't need to sign Lukonga at all. We could have brought back Guendouzi. Could have brought it. People say Guendouzi's attitude problems. We don't want to have him on the club. Fine, bring back Torreira. Let let him have that. Let him have that third sentiment spot. We don't have to spend money. Um, Do you think Torreira wanted to stay though? Probably, probably not. But then spend but then, on then again, that maybe that come in. You know, maybe that has something to do with Arteta's treatment of him anyway. Because you know, yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Mm. Yeah. But you, as I said, you need to sign someone that can come in. That has mm. played in the top five league yeah. for a number of times. Has the experience. We've signed someone. We've thrown him into into the deep end, and he's he's drowning. If he Jeez. plays next game, if he plays next game, starts next game, for example, and we are losing, it's going to be because Partey is on an island again. Lukonga is very timid. I think in his sort of mannerisms, he's quite timid. He's not like Guendouzi, who's 
like fucking brave and boisterous, and he's he's pretty Person- much a cunt. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm looking to... nice... in centre midfield. In centre midfield, I think you need to have personality to play in centre midfield. Right, that is a very. You look at all the best centre midfielders, even even like even even if they're not great technically, you know, you look at all the good centre midfielders in the Premier League, they have personality. And that's not to say that Lokonga can't grow this personality, but I look at him and he, he, he's too, he likes that left back spot too much. You know, I feel like he's too far away from Partey or too far away from whoever's in the middle. You know, I, I it's, listen, I hope he comes good, but we're in trouble if we're, we're, we're in trouble if we have to rely on him because yeah, I, I yeah. can't lie. I can't lie. Um, I need us to to probably just play one of Maitland Niles or or El Nene in there centre mid. No. We got back um, to El Nene. Jesus, I can't. I can't let Ruben win, man. I can't. And the, thing is, the thing is, the reason why I say this, yeah, is we actually need to just start pressing. You know, we actually need to start pressing because if we don't start pressing, we're not going to do shit. Yeah, I think with Partey, Elneny, Partey, Maitland-Niles, we know we've got the legs in there to to cover the ground, cover the pitch. That's it. You know, uh, whoever else, Lokonga, I don't think he's given us anything on the ball, really. Um, I know he's capable, but he doesn't attempt the passes. I think, what was the game that we played? Was it in the Brighton game? You saw it. He had an opportunity to play Oberyn behind. It's a very obvious pass. He elected for the safe one. Um, and I don't think we can really afford to have him in there. Like you look at the next game, Villa, they got legs. They probably got one of them, like the, the most legs in centre mid in the league. You know, in McGinn, Douglas Luiz, Jacob Ramsey, who plays there, um, who and, and whoever else they want to they want to deploy in centre mid, they are going to pam the hell out of us um, in in that next game. They pam the hell out of us um, last season at the at the at Emirates. And it was it was peak. It was very, very peak, you know. So if Lokonga's in there, he's going to be coughing blood. He's actually going to be coughing blood. He's going to be spitting his dummy out and be calling, calling, calling for the medics, you know. So I can't see him. I can't see him start there. And that's not me even bashing the kid. I just don't think it's fair on him. I actually just don't think it's fair on him. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's what I think as well. Well, (laughs) sorry to keep going on about Lokonga. He was culpable for the second (sighs) goal, I think barged off the ball you know it was it was very weak I, I i don't know if this is like that was like a welcome to the premier league kind of message you know i think he was, was expecting yeah. a foul i mean it wasn't a foul you've just been manhandled off the ball essentially you know this is a men's game get up you know what i mean and <laughs> i think listen, it was a foul i think it was a foul but you're just not going to get them you know i, I don't I think, think it's a foul personally i really don't think it's a foul football is a contact sport it's a physical sport um you got to handle yourself. He didn't handle himself. He got pammed off the ball. You know, <laughs> Lewis, absolutely pammed. Leave Lukonga alone, but he's pamming his I know, ass. I know. I'm just, I'm really not, listen, I've I, I got, not got anything against the kid, but I was a bit sceptical of the signing coming in. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when, I, when, I, when I did look at the videos of him, I felt like he was a bit of a, I don't want to say a nothing player, but I didn't really see any standout attributes, you know? And defensively, I thought he was weak. Um... And I, I certainly wasn't expecting him to come in as a third choice centre midfielder. I thought that would have been bananas. But I think we all would have. I think we all said that when when we signed this player, we always expecting another centre midfielder to come in and he would be like the fourth choice guy, right? We were all expecting that. But um, yeah, obviously he's been pammed off the ball. They break on us. 
Um, maybe some weak defending there by Ben White. You know, um, I, I did see, you know, Carragher's, was it Carragher? No, um, Neville, Gary Neville, he was saying something about how Peter Michael always wanted um, his defenders to show. Oh, what did they, what did he say? He said, basically, you, you, you should, as a defender, you should show um, the goalkeeper wants to see um, the, the, the striker taking the shot, right? If you're, yeah. if you're standing in the way blocking the goalkeeper can't see um what which which foot the um the shot is coming from or anything like that and um he was saying basically he just feels like ben white didn't um just didn't do enough to show him one way or another just allowed him to to take a shot which um ramsdale would have been unsighted from um so obviously we've got Gosh. we've got the ramsdale factor there as well I personally just don't think he's seen the shot. I don't think um, where it's coming from behind White, I don't think he's able to figure out where that shot is coming from um, or even when he's about to shoot um, because Ben White is directly in front of him in the side of the goal. So that's why I I think it's very harsh to blame Ramsdale. My my blame lays at the, the feet of Lokonga. I would say 80% Lokonga, 20% White, personally. Yeah, I think it's I think it's harsh to blame White there because it was a two on one um, mm. that he had to defend. I think when it's the overlapping defender, you can't really dive in. Um, I, don't, I don't know what more he really could have done. Um, personally, um, I'm I'm way more critical of Gabriel on the first goal than I'm of White on the second. Mm. Um, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. That's yeah. why I was only saying like twenty percent. I don't really see much what White could have done. Maybe maybe you just force him onto his weaker foot a little bit more. You know, because mm. Edward didn't really strike it. That well, um, maybe panicked, there was the opportunity. Who? Edward, I think he panicked. He like just he just, he just struck the ball and it's just gone like right through. Yeah, just I think he struck... it's, it's them ones when you hit it high, it's very difficult for anyone to do anything about it, really. Um, so yeah, I think I think defense like goalkeeper and and and, and the centre back. I'm, I'm not sure what more they could really have done. At the end, in the, at the end of the day, you just need your centre mid to not lose the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the not, park and not and defend things. situations like that, basically. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I, d- I don't think White could have done much. I think, as I said, I think Edward maybe maybe he's good attacking play from him in a way. I kind of felt like the he struck it he early, shot, he struck it yeah, early. The moment he hit the shot, maybe he just panicked because he thought I'm gonna get caught otherwise on the ball, mm. I'm just gonna hit it. So that 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 was fine. I do think that I don't, I, I haven't got a camera view of what Ramsdale saw, but for me, the save seemed odd because it was it was like into his direction and he went. Like to the right rather than to the left, mm. and then the ball. You know, I, I feel like it's a savable shot if he sees it for sure. So, oh, if he sees I, it for sure, hundred percent. But, but what sure I think is happening, it. what I think is happening, where he can't see the ball, what he's probably doing is looking round. You know what I'm saying? When, when, mm. when, when someone's when something's in in your in your in the way, you you're you're kind of like looking round, and mm. as he's doing that, Edouard's shot, and he's seen it too late to react. That's why his positioning is a bit off and he's gone sort of like that. You know, I'm, I'm doing this like yeah. people can, like everyone can see me, but... Um, yeah, that, I think that's, that, that, could, that could be something that happened, you know? So it's like one of ones like, you know... Unlucky, that's why me like, personally, I don't... I'm not... I, I don't put any blame on Ramsdale for it. I just... That's fair. I think yeah. it's gone off the underside of the bar quite late to react. Um, yeah, Edward, good, good forward play, man. Good forward play. 
They caused us. Yeah, a I don't want to know. I don't want to give him good forward play because I kind of feel like maybe he panicked. Like you know the mm. way he hit is like I. I don't. He definitely know didn't hit it right. Well. No. Yeah, mm. it just seems like okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and at that point, Palace were you know probably well worth their uh, well worth their lead at that mm. point. You know, I don't think anyone could have argued. They put us under a lot of pressure without creating too much, but you know. It's it's pressure that was telling, and I don't think any of us were really surprised when you know we're 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 two one down. Um, uh, I think just before we went two one down, didn't Lacazette come on? And just before we went two one down, Lacazette had that great chance, right? Where um, Abamyang did the little pass. flicking behind Lacazette one on one, and it was a good save from the goalkeeper. Oh, maybe, so do you good. think Lacazette maybe could have done a bit better there? At first instant, I thought maybe he could have taken it on a little bit, taken it further forward, but the defender was was cutting the angle across. So maybe he couldn't carry it into the box a bit more and the first time shot was the best thing to do. It's difficult to take it on. I I, I recognise that. Lacazette has good shooting technique. What what he has to do in that situation is keep the finish low. The finish is at mid-height. That's a good sort of save for the keeper. If Mm. that finish is low... It doesn't even have to be right in the corner because it could go under the you know keeper's arm. Mm. And we see those all the time because if the finish is low, it's difficult to get down. You'll mm. have to use your, ha- your your feet maybe. Most keepers don't do that. Not everyone has their hair that uses their feet like crazy, you know. So keep the finish low. It doesn't have to go into the side netting or right into the corner. I think he's better off that way. But at the end, I mean, he struck it well enough, but I think yeah. it, was, it, was, it was an easy save because it was mid-height. If it's low, I think he mm. normally scores. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, low. It, you need you need to be in one of the corners because I think if it's one of those ones where you get it, if you get it high as well, um, it's very difficult for the keeper to say yeah. top yeah. top corner as well. So yeah, I think I think Palace literally there. scored what couple like maybe straight from that corner. Maybe I think I think we got the corner, came back out, Lakonga lost it. Maybe I can't, I can't remember the actual phase of play, but it literally it seemed to happen within like a minute or so of. Of, of them scoring you know um just for me though it was there was a stark difference to the way we were playing when Lacazette came on the pitch and Erdogan come off I want to talk separately about two players because I don't feel like you know it, it's not like like for like replacements you know should we play Lacazette should we play Erdogan I don't think I don't think it's that kind of discussion but um just just talking about Erdogan you know listen we had a huge discussion at the end of at the start of the season about you know what we're expecting off this guy you know we're paying we're paying a decent amount of change for him to come in right and i think we all recognized that it was good value and we all set out exactly what we wanted to see from Erdegaard. and for me i haven't seen it i haven't seen it i, I, I what 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 would you say Erdegaard's best game has been this season he hasn't had a good game this season right so I mean that's a problem, right? That's he a problem. He's got a free now, kick against Bernie, but again, it wasn't great. Like actually, no, no. To be fair, no. Let me let me not lie. Let me not lie. He was good against um... West Brom. I remember you liking that performance, but I didn't. Which was West Brom? West Brom was in the League Cup. League Cup. No, not that game. Recently, he was he was good, he was good against Burnley. You know, Burnley. Running. I think it was Burnley that he was. No, good. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. But like I, 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 I I think I think he. he he kept the ball well, but again, he was he was playing in that deeper role. He didn't really do much um, mm. to get us going forward as like an attacking force. Uh, do we need I to think... caveat it then, Dan? Do you do we need to caveat it by saying he is not playing in a position that he is comfortable in? Is is this 
you know, is this what I we've think, got to I, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to be unreasonable when I'm evaluating him. I think that's fair. But in terms of what is being asked of him, I think in that Burnley game, he did it well uh, in terms of keeping the ball, recycling, um, getting us out of pressure, you know, from the long kicks from Ramsdale, that kind of thing. He did that well. And I, guess, I, I think Spurs, um, he was okay. You know, I think the team played well. I don't think he particularly played well. I think he was quite sloppy. Um, and since that Spurs game, I've just been seeing more sloppiness from him. I think his ability to shield the ball in the middle of the park is very, very questionable. He cannot receive the ball with his back to goal, as far as I'm concerned. He gets pammed. Um, he can't really turn out of position, uh, out, 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 of, um, out of pressure, sorry. Um, so, like, you see when Smith Rowe receives the ball in the half turn, mm. he's able to protect the ball and come out of the other side. Same with Saka. Their reception on the half turn is is probably you know like right up there with with some of the best. Um, Erdegaard, he cannot he can only receive the ball in that right half space, which allows him to see the rest of the pitch. If that if he's not receiving the ball in that position, this guy loses it. He can't control it. It's, it's and I think that's a big problem. It's a major major problem that teams are I think targeting him when they're pressing us. They're targeting Tomiyasu as well, but they're specifically targeting uh, targeting Erdegaard in the middle of the pitch, saying that we can press this guy and we'll get joy out of him. And they are getting joy out of him because he's he was losing the ball for fun yesterday uh, on Monday. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You no. know. You know what is because I, I agree that he can't. He's he's struggling in the midfield. He can receive the ball with his back to goal, but he has to be in the final third. And why? Because when he turns in the final third and does a sharp turn. He has a passing option straight away. In the second third, what he, what he has to do when he turns is carry it. He mm. doesn't have the capability to get go past or away from players. There were instances when he didn't even turn. He just received and tried to run away two, three touches, and he's getting barged. He's getting mm. moved. Like, he doesn't have that acceleration to really go away from a player. He doesn't have that. So he's best utilised in the final third because that's when his... Receive move when his receives moves are effective, when he can be more cute with his actions, and uh, when players also stand off a little bit more because they're scared. They're like, okay, if I dive in here and he opens up the pitch, he can find a pass as well. We know that. Mm. So he, I think, as as you said, the role he plays right now doesn't really suit him. I think. However, I still feel like he needs to find ways to create. Like I've seen players that. And that role, it doesn't suit them. They're, 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 that's not going perfect for them. But they're doing two, three actions a game and still creating something. Like, pass the ball, move off it, and then, you know, create create an opening. Like, I just didn't see enough. And for me, I like Odegaard. But for me, if I like a player, I have, I have like, certain expectations. If they don't do it, I'm, I'm, I'm probably on them more than the players that I don't like, mm. which is why I'm on Odegaard. Like, I'm looking at him like, boy, you going to embarrass me in front of my friends? So, <laughs> like, I can't have it, you know. He needs mm. to step up. And right now, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I've seen a good, in uh, my opinion, from what I expect. From what you expect, basically. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, not seen and, I think that's fair. And and I think as well, the thing is, we have seen what a good game from Erdegaard looks like. Yes. That's the thing. So you yeah. can't, you know, you can't turn around and start saying that some of these media performances are good. Yeah. Because exactly. for I thought that was standards... an excellent game, though. I did think that 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 game that we're talking about, the West Ham but game, I thought it was excellent. Was good. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was that good. Was good. Really that's good. that's the top level that we yeah. we see, right? So maybe if you're not giving us a top level, you need to give me 
at least glimpses of that in a match, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're getting he's we, he's actually not on piss right now. He's actually yeah, not. he's actually not on piss. He's not on piss. It's it's really I, everyone fucking... is having a jolly up, bro. I, I can't lie. I just I don't want to see him in a four three three again. He, I'm telling you, Arteta can never play this formation again. He actually cannot do it. it. If if he does, it just shows this guy he's a donut. I'm sorry because it has never. It's literally never worked. Yeah. You've not had one good performance with you playing this formation. Do not yeah. do it again. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Um, well, we we brought on um, Lacazette, as we mentioned. And, you know, for the second time in a row, I feel like he's had a really, really, really positive impact on the way that we play. We almost look quite... We, we look functionable. We look serviceable. You know, um, I think... Just Lacazette's ability, like none of us are huge fans of Lacazette. I'm certainly not a huge bag, fan. Of... This is his bag. What do you mean? Like when we're struggling, Lacazette will find a he way to get back to the, the mark. Yeah, but he's he is quite a good footballer, isn't he? He's, yeah, he, he is. is quite a yes. good footballer, and I think sometimes that gets lost when you know we 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 ugh, you know the fact that he can't really run, and you know we get frustrated with him sometimes that he's a bit of a bozo, but technically. He's quite a good footballer. No, no. And... If we're being really honest, Lacazette is a is a, is actually a good player. Like yeah. a good player. What we paid for, we didn't get. But he's not a Pepe or something like that. He's no. a good player. He's a he's a player of European standards. Should probably play for a team that is in the Champions League. Um, not necessarily winning it, but like that type. Of, he's that type of player. He has deficiencies, but his strengths. He can re- he can really put them. In, um, how do you say? He can really sort of um, um, make make a mark on the game, and he mm. he can do it in the on the bigger occasions as well. So he is a good player, but for what we want at Arsenal, it's not really what 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 he can give us. And but I, I do think we need to use him more. It's it's evident yeah. that we, we we don't have many we don't have many quality players. Um, in what yeah yes in qualities. what function though in what because I have no idea bro. I, I don't really know what Lacazette came on the pitch to do yesterday was it like he was playing like in the ten kind he of just, thing he was like he was just here he there vibes he was, he was everywhere vibes. right he yeah he's just going off passion man yeah and you know what he he really was blown off passion because you know he was getting the crowd amped and you know people love that <laughs> shit. Um, I love that shit. I love it. I love it. I like Ramsdale, it's hilarious, bro. Yeah, is 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 it is hilarious. And you know what? You know, kudos to him because not to be fair to him, he could just be sitting there on a sulk. You know, I'm not playing. You know, not not being offered a new contract. You know, he he could be. You know, coach don't really fancy me, but he's come out on the pitch and he's given his all. I. I I can never question someone who is coming out on the pitch and they're actually trying to win a football game. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I can't, I can't question anyone about that. And I felt like his, um, we were a much better team when he came on the pitch. We looked so much more dangerous. He was buzzing in around the box. Um, obviously he had the chance that we've already spoke about and he scores the winner, you know, and, you know, before he scores the winner, I think he's involved in a few bits of play where, you know, we've gone close. I think Tierney hit the bar. Um, wasn't there another chance? Did, did, did Was there another chance? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was the one that we spoke of. We tried to curl it. Um, was, was it just that one? I'm, I, but I'm, in the last five minutes, didn't we have like a couple chances before Lacazette scored? I think there was a, like a corner yeah. where Gabriel got in the end of it, like 
and it, it went wide, right? Wide, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and right, also, yeah. hit the bar, it like bounced off, and it was so fast, like because I couldn't react. Lacazette like, couldn't really right react. In front of him. But, yeah. yeah, but we, we you know, we, we did put Palace under a lot of pressure when Lacazette came onto the pitch. Um, and, you know, not, I, it's not that I could see the equaliser coming because it was more of like, if I'm looking at historical trends, we don't score goals in the last 15 minutes to equalise or, you know, we don't score goals in the second half in general. You know, we don't score goals in the last 15 minutes in general under Arteta. So it's not like I felt like we were going to score. But just on that balance of play at the end, I did feel like the me- the momentum had kind of shifted and we were due a goal if, like, that mm. game was going on a little bit longer, you know. And we, we got it in the end, which, you know, a bit fortuitous. But, like, listen, you put teams under pressure and them situations can happen you get bodies in the box and you score goals. And mm. and I would love us to do that a bit more, if I'm being honest. You know what? I I from being in the ground, it didn't really feel like we did anything. Um, I know Lacazette came on and he was busy and stuff, but from being in the ground, like there was still a lot of frustration about how we were playing in that last sort mm. of five, ten minutes. Like people around me were shouting, pass it forward, get it in there. You know, and I, I was doing the same. You know, I was fuming with with what they were doing. I was just because it's like put it you know, in the mixer. Pepe would get it on the right, he pass it back mm. to Tomiyasu, pass it back to Lokonga. Lokonga. There was that incident with Martinelli. Martinelli, on the, uh, like yeah. just passing it to him. I don't know what Martinelli trying to dribble, was on, by the way. <laughs> trying to dribble it for like you know five minutes. You know, doing all this oh, Pepe. Sorry, the trance that I'm talking about was the oh, Martinelli cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from the Martinelli cross, which yeah. really should have been a goal. Because yeah. Aubameyang botched that big he, time. He, it's not going to yeah, count he, as a shot. It's not going to count as an XG or anything like that. But Aubameyang misread it completely. It was a lovely ball from Marcelli. Oh, yeah, lovely, I remember, lovely ball. Yeah, I remember that. It was really yeah, good play from Marcelli. Great little yeah. cross. Aubameyang's coming back door and he's like, I don't know what he's done. He's just completely misjudged it. It should, it should be a goal. But yeah, nevertheless. Yes. So I, I just feel like Palace, just they dropped off um, because they had the, they had the win. Um, and that's probably what they're used to doing under under Roy um, in in previous seasons. So if you looked at um, their last game or the game before when they played Brighton, um, they did the exact same thing, um, and they conceded a late equaliser there as well. So I think that's that's more of a Palace issue than than Arsenal sort of doing anything to really ramp up the pressure because they basically invited us to, to 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 put pressure on them. I don't think anything we were doing was was forcing them back. Um, in particular, I did um, think as... Lacazette helped that though. Lacazette, I, I, because... Lac- I think Lacazette and Martinelli made a difference. I because think they what did, we, what the difference. the issue for me was in the first half, and we, we were struggling to sustain not just attacks, possession. And I think when you have someone like Lacazette on the pitch, like we spoke about his technical proficiency, he's very good at just holding on to the ball. He's um, a link player, quite very good at link play, and I just felt like he gave us that us our opportunity to sustain some attacks. And when that happens, you know, you're able to get into more dangerous areas of the pitch, which we did. So I would disagree. I would say Lacazette was the reason that, you know, we we were able to change the game. And I don't think Palace reacted well enough to it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure mm. personally. But... Well, we got, the, we got the goal in the end. Lacazette, you know, Lacazette popped up with the... The equalizer. Um, 
you know, we celebrated it. I hard. We're getting I some stick. Hold on, I was cracking up in a group when I see Dan Cooks putting in. Fucking get the ball! <laughs> <laughs> fucking get the ball! Oh my god! Did yeah. you celebrate, Dan? Did you celebrate? No, I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, everyone, everyone was going crazy. Me and my boy, we were just looking. I was looking around. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, because I didn't know how much added time had gone. I was, I was actually that goal pissed me off more. The the celebration in that goal pissed me off more than any of the Crystal Palace goals. Yeah, because mm. I was, I was watching them and I was like, "Why are you jumping in the crowd? We have just played like absolute." dog shit right mm. we've scored there's i thought there was like two minutes left so i was like go and grab the flipping ball and you put it down in the center circle why are you jumping in the crowd this is what uh, it, it proper vexes me yeah because i think that the players they they did over celebrate at spurs you know with the photos of them and the whole backroom stuff uh and all this stuff i think fans fans can be buzzing you know Fans, we're not involved. We don't play the game. It's not our job. Football's a release. Fans can be happy, right? But when you've been shit for so long, you win, you beat a very poor side, I don't think you should be celebrating like you've just won the World Cup as a player, personally. That should be like, you know, boom, um, three points, we go again next week. Because now we've we've put in two shit performances the next two weeks. So what, we win We win against Asavilla, you're going to start celebrating in the fucking the change room again, you know? No, I but I think it's the I North London get... derby in it. I no, think the no, social... Lewis, the, reason, the reason I say this, yeah, is because um, Arsenal, Arsenal have been shit before, right? We've been shit before. If you look back through the 90s, Arsenal have been shit, right? And I guarantee you, yeah, you speak of players like Ian Wright, Paul Merson, these guys, if they beat Tottenham in a North London derby, I guarantee you they are celebrating like crazy in the change room. But it's because we don't have, we, we they didn't have social media back then. Everything gets posted online. There's pictures, all of this stuff. I guarantee they, they were probably out on the lash that night. Absolutely getting mullered, mate. And we'd be like 11th in the league, 12th in the league like we are now. I just, I don't know. I do feel like Football has gone, being a fan, I think it's gone, I th sometimes I feel like we, we've lost touch of what being a football fan used to be like. Like, if you can't celebrate scoring a last no. minute goal anymore, yeah, to, 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 yeah, fine. We, we should be winning that game, but better Arsenal teams have scored late equalisers and celebrated before. So, so my thing is, it isn't just around the celebrations, right? Is that, and I think this has been the case for maybe the past five, six, seven years, is that they over celebrate and think the job is done. Then next week, when we go play a game, the heads are not in the right space, right? They are not thinking like a team that this is a long season, bro. You can't be taking photos of you and the whole backroom staff in fucking September. Yeah, you cannot be doing this. And then next week you go and draw nil nil to Brighton. Is that not insanity? You know, I don't think like, it's insanity. No, man. that's insanity to me, Lewis. Because look at it. When we're actually what, because in the type... you take a photo. No. no, 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 Lewis, Lewis. Let's be serious here. Let's actually be serious. If I pull I up that being photo, serious. if I, I pull up that photo, that... yeah, I don't. Dan, did you see how they were celebrating against Coventry? You know, uh, was it Coventry? Who did we play? West Brom. You know, doing handshakes and that, beating up small boys. Ah, oh, come on, man! You know, and then I, and then I, the I, next I, and then the next game, they lost. They lost five nil. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Listen, this uh, is if what you're, I'm saying. They're not, if they're you not a can't... serious team. They're not a serious team. <laughs> if you oh, can't I'm celebrate goals here, anymore, I think the game is gone. I really do think the game I'm, is gone. I'm because... all for celebrating, yeah? I'm saying get your head right. Get your head right. Get your priorities. Raise the standards, man. That's what I'm on about. Listen, we can celebrate goals. We just have to score more of them and, and not be equalised. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not scoring enough. So no oh. wonder we're celebrating so hard. <laughs> Listen, that man are starving as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, honestly, I think I've, in some way, I agree with both of you, yeah? I feel like the, the North London derby, I get it. That's like, that's Spurs is an ours cup final. When Spurs beat us, they do all the picture shit as well. It's just the way that's the way this this game is set up. That's the that's the biggest rivalry in the Premier League. No, I don't. I don't even think Liverpool United have that kind of vim of a game. It doesn't have the same feel, you know. So that's that game. But when you when you when you fucking scoring an equaliser against Crystal Palace at home when you've been dog shit, I I kind of agree. Like you shouldn't be celebrating like you did there. If it's like. If it's like a United game and we've been chasing them all game, like we've been on top and they somehow got ahead and then in the last minute we scored, then I, you know, context always makes the 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 thing um um more um you know makes more sense. The context in this game is like, listen, you get the fucking ball. If it's the ninety seventh minute and we should have only had two minutes of extra time, you get that ball because that's what you have to do. We need to get a ball and get to the you know. But if it's like yeah, we've been chasing it all game and we've really been the better team and we finally got that release, then I get where, where I might celebrate, you know. But I think in some way, I think this team definitely has it like, yep, we've done enough. FA Cup, when we won the FA Cup, yep, we're, we're the guys, 14, whatever, whatever. And then we came into the season by the Fulham game, which was an anomaly. We basically played the championship side. We got fucking dusted in our first 10 games. Absolutely <laughs> dusted. Like, let's be serious, man. <laughs> like, uh, you know, this is where I'm like, yeah, these guys need to pattern up, bro. I can't lie to you. Like, stop the celebrations and collect some points. Mm. Yeah, listen, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the equalizer, but <laughs> I, I understand Lewis, what you're saying. I know you're doing a Brexit. No, your, no, 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 no. Your, your I understand program. what you're saying because it's the disappointment of of not winning the game, the disappointment of, of the performance and stuff like that. But I do think there's a balance to be had, man. Like, Luke, Luke, I definitely Luke. do. And I think I think if you're looking at the... If you want to look at context as well, it's five... You're five games unbeaten. You didn't lose the game. Um, yeah, you've played utter shit, right? You deserve to lose the game and you've rescued a point. Lewis, I've seen better not... sides than that celebrate an equaliser. I'll tell let you me, that for free. Let me let me tell you this, yeah. Let me tell you this. If these men come up and put up some another bullshit performance against Aston Villa, yeah, that celebration is gonna piss you off. Yeah, it's if, not if gonna Black piss Azette, me off. If Lacazette starts, yeah, and pulls pulls up a Lizazette <laughs> performance, yeah, I don't I like that celebration is gonna piss you off because it's like I don't think you, I don't think doing, it's gonna piss me off. This, the performance will piss me off. No, the performance man. will piss me off, but I mean, I, I, I'm not going to begrudge man for celebrating a goal. That celebration personally. is only going to be justified to me is if they go and they pan Villa. If they come to this, if they come to the Emirates again and let Villa dunk on them after celebrating like madmen, I'm on everyone. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about Villa before we wrap things up, then, because it's getting late. Um, 
Does Lacazette deserve to start? If so, who does he start for? Because the, the issue for me is, is like, we can't drop Aubameyang. Aubameyang's doing okay. I think he, uh, we haven't, we didn't actually speak about him, but he took his goal quite well. Um, well, well, I say it's quite well. It was an easy finish, but you know he was there in the right situation, created that nice chance for Lacazette. I think he's, I think he's doing what, you know, everything he can. He's working hard. Um, so where, if he does come in, where does he play? Do we play two up front? Do we play Lacazette in the ten? Like, what, what do we do? Boy, listen, Lacazette oh, I mean, back out left. That stuff is not. That stuff is. That's not gonna happen. And it can't happen. If that happens, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking lose it. If Lacazette plays 10 when we spend 35 million pounds on a guy that's supposed to be playing 10, but we're playing them in centre midfield instead, I'm gonna lose it, man. Mm. I'm gonna lose it. I'm really gonna lose it. If Lacazette comes in or not, listen, uh, I think he probably should come in. Um, looks like he can energize the team a little bit but then i've seen performances like this this is what i'm saying this is like i said's bag like when we're playing shit and he's at the team he'll do like one two things and like yeah like i said, needs to be back in the team he'll play next game and he'll be looking like a fucking he look he'll look tired in the 15th minute man i know i know the, the jig is up man <laughs> so what you said he's got 15 minutes in him that's it no he's, he's not going to fool me he ain't fooling me he ain't, he ain't gonna trick me this time around man yeah, it's but but you say if he does deserve to come in, where though? Where where is he playing? I can't lie. I, in my head, I'm thinking I don't. He probably does deserve to come in based on this performance, but Aubameyang's playing okay. Like play four two three one and see where we go from there. Like I said, can obviously have an effect off the bench. He's shown it in this game. Mm. Start uh, without him, and then if we don't do well, bring him on again. That's how Keeps. I see it. I'm not starting like I said. Personally, um, if he, he he's done he's done a right impact sub, let him stay there as an impact sub, man. He's not part of our future. Um, they're telling us his project youth and all of this stuff. Just do stuff that's 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 gonna work in the future. If you can't get a Bamiyang playing, and that's on you. Um, I don't think it's right to drop a Bamiyang. He scored as well. He did his running. Um, I think he linked up decently when he had the opportunity as well. So I can't really say that a Bamiyang deserves to be dropped. Um, I don't really want to see Aubameyang on the left, but I don't want to see Pepe on the right either. So, um, And it looks like Saka's probably not going to play. Yeah, so if Saka's not fit, um, it might maybe to Maybe be... that's the chance to put Lacazette in then. You put, yeah, maybe, you put maybe, Aubameyang yeah. wide, Lacazette maybe up front. That. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. I didn't think about Saka actually being maybe injured. It's going to happen. Lacazette's going to be back in. So mm. it's going to be it's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. I can't lie to you. Um, yeah, difficult one. Difficult one. Um are there are there any other changes you'd make for the Villa game? Anyone that deserves a, a chance? Like I, I one thing I just don't want to see this four three three. And I know you guys, Dan, you said you want El Nenny to come in. Fuck it out. I mean, oh, Jesus. I think yeah. he's got to give Lukonga a chance, isn't he? He's got he's got to give him a chance. Four 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 two three one. You know, Partey Lukonga. You're gonna go with that. The guy. It's the only way the guy's gonna learn. Chuck him in the deep end. Dan said he's drowning. Maybe you know this, this, this game he might find some, uh, you know, a flotation device somewhere or another. You know, if he plays, if he plays closer to, arm plays bands. closer to Partey, yeah, you find some armbands in it, yeah, um, swim over to the shallow end a little bit. Um, but boy, yeah, forty-three-one. Play Odegaard in the ten, ESR on the left. I'd play a Bamyang up top, and if Saka's fit, Saka on the right. If he's not fit, boy. 
where we got we got Pepe ball in it. So that's it. Yeah. Sounded very bleak, man. Right, man. Listen, I can't I can't have Arlo dunk on my head because we're above Villa at the moment. We're above them. Oh. I need us to stay above Villa. <laughs> I don't care what happens for the rest of the season as long as we finish above Villa. <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, listen, it's gonna uh, is that a Friday game? Is it so they got to play Monday oh, and then Friday? Is it? Is yeah, like Monday, Monday, Friday. Another lights, man. Again. And then we're back Tuesday. Wait, so that's, that's what day are we? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. All right, so it's in two days. Right. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, listen, is that at Villa Park as well? It's at home. No, no? it's at Emirates, yeah. Oh, is it Emirates? Okay. Oh, listen, we should be winning. That don't mean nothing. Last it don't mean anything, no. Well. But Villa haven't been good this season. They haven't been good this season. We've but been really poor at home, though. You, you really don't need poor. to be good. And we, Yeah, you're right. We have we have been poor at home. Um, But listen, we need to win this game, man. We need to win this game. I haven't, I haven't got much faith. I do feel like Danny Ings is going to cause us some, some issues. Um. But I, I think draw. I'm not really. The, the thing is, I don't really know. I'm not really, you know, like Villa's team don't really worry me that much. If I'm being honest, they, it's... they ain't that good. But you don't have to be that good to. to no, to I know. Benteke and fucking Jordan Ayew were causing us problems. I'm, I'm telling you, score draw, man. Yeah. Um, two two, yeah. In a couple of months, people say like, "Oh, I tackled in ten games unbeaten." Yeah, three wins and fucking seven Fuck draws, it. man. I'll take I'll take a ten game unbeaten run at this point, mate. <laughs> I'll yeah, I think score draw to be honest. Yeah, Dan, what about you? Any predictions? Um, I think we lose. Can't lie to you. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think you know. I, like I was. It, I think I was very like just looking at the performance yesterday. I have to say that you know, saying ten out of twelve points, it just is very optimistic. You know, it's actually very mm-hmm. optimistic. I really didn't think it was. You know, I'm very like not high up on this manager, not high up on the team or anything. But after the way we looked and played against Crystal Palace and Brighton before the international break, I I just don't see how we improve. I really just can't see it. So the thing is, a midfield as good as this, it's going to get pumped. The the, the issue is we we looked at, we we said the same thing after getting drummed five nil by Man City. It was like, where where do we improve? And then we, you know, we've gone five games unbeaten. Yeah, fine. Some of the games haven't been. You know, Don't do this five games unbeaten. I'm just Lewis, saying. Lewis, Lewis, I'm just saying. Played, the season is like this. The season is no, like no, that. No, 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 no. You can't say we've played this. We played Premier League no. teams. We beat. We yeah, beat, we played um, Premier League teams. They're barely, barely. Yeah, barely. Yeah. You've beaten Spurs. You've beaten Spurs. You've beaten Burnley. No, Lewis. Burnley and Norwich, yeah? They're sitting on zero points, <laughs> minus 22 goal difference combined between them. Brother. Right, right. Right. And Spurs, and Spurs Norwich, are fifth. Norwich is on Spurs minus... Fifth. Norwich are minus 14 goal difference after yeah, seven yeah. games, yeah? Eight games. Yeah, we scored one goal against them. Yeah? Um... <clears throat> Burnley Damn. minus We're an eight, inconsistent yeah. team. Now nah, we're rubbish, bro. We, we <laughs> you can't even say what? this is the thing. I said this tweet as well. You can't just say inconsistent because we don't have good no. and bad performances. We just have bad performances. We're no, consistent. I disagree. I disagree. I think we need shit. to I think we fall into the trap of thinking, oh yeah, man, it's gonna get back. Arteta's done this before. We then we then no, no. have a we'll have a couple wins on a bounce where like no yeah. one expected us to beat Spurs. Like I, I do think we we th- there's obvious ways to improve. Like Udegaard in the ten party, Jacker coming back, or 
even yeah, we'll party back into the new year. So. Even, I can't lie to you, man. I've, we've seen party in now and any at, at OT before. They, mm. That man did all right at midfield. Mm. They can have the odd performance and that odd game where we're winning. Um, yeah. So I just don't, I don't see it soon. I think it will be a draw. At first, I thought a loss, but I think at home probably a draw. Well, we've got, we're gonna we're gonna fight for our life again, but I think it's gonna be a draw. Well, Dean Smith is three and zero against Arteta. Brother, you see, Ant is yeah. eating good off this one, bro. <laughs> yeah, three and oh, mate. He's three and oh. So, listen, Arteta needs to turn it around. But anyway, on that note, we will call it a day there. Thank you for tuning in to Dan's. Thank you for tra- joining me this evening. Um, we'll be back next week and we'll do it. Oh, yeah, listen, you guys did a Patreon pod, didn't you, for the post match? Yeah, yeah, so we'll be back again on um after yeah we'll get we'll get one we'll get a patron post match straight after the villa game anyway because uh, I'll be around for that yeah I'll delve into it after after we spank them three 0 Jesus, <laughs> take it easy guys. Uh, bless. Podcast Network.